Welcome back. You are listening to episode four on the What I Know For Sure podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and honestly, this might end up being a little bit depressing, but I'm going to do my best to keep this as positive as possible. But I want to talk about really the past year of my life, the grief that has come along with it. And, you know, we all live in different parts of the world. So I'm sure our experiences to COVID and other disasters that continue to happen are different. But I think we can all agree that we experience grief at some capacity. Yes. This episode is going to be a lot about COVID and um, just kind of the the things that have transpired through this time. And, you know, we are a little past a year of this two weeks to flatten the curve situation. And so I want to ask the question, did you experience grief during the height of the pandemic? And then the second part of my question is, are you still experiencing that grief? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. Then there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And so I guess maybe it isn't just about COVID, but about these traumatic events that happened. And it just so happened that COVID was also taking place. For instance... Got into the car with Chris, my husband, and we drove to kind of where everything was starting to flood just to kind of maybe get a timeline. And this was before we had gotten like the final notice of you need to get the heck out of here. And uh, of course, my mom is, you know, a single lady with a little dog (laughs) and she lives on a ground level apartment. So, you know, getting her out of her apartment and then coming to our house. And for anybody that knows me, we have a small petting zoo. I mentioned that on the first episode. So two dogs, two cats. I have two teens, one that drives, one that does not. So that means multiple cars. And so we did our best, loaded up the dogs, emptied out the basement as best as we could, knowing that water could potentially get in the basement. And we didn't really know that we experienced a dam break, right? When we basically found out that COVID was going to have longer term implications. And so trying to determine what that means was a little bit of a navigation. And so this was also the time that I was still working in corporate. And so I remember thinking, oh, great, just two weeks. I'll work from home. The kids will be home. This will be fine. What is two weeks, right? To then only discover that this was so much more than that. I was able to go back uh, to the office really out of necessity, but the kids were home and we were trying to juggle, you know, getting teens into this online school thing, which by the way, everyone was flying blind at. Uh, and so when we then had to get everyone on the same page, 
make sure that the kids were still able to learn properly, which, yeah, right. Uh, that was a good two months when our lives were further than disrupted and dismantled with the dam break. And so we're approaching the year of that anniversary. And uh, so I just kind of want to take you back to that day and, and talk about what happened. Uh, because if you're not like on my personal Instagram, you may not even know that we had that experience. And so May of 2020, we, uh, I remember this distinctly, we were at home and watching some sort of TV and all of a sudden our TV, you know, had the the thing that pans along the bottom of the TV to let, you know, of emergencies and things like that. And so it was the emergency thing that came up and let us know that they were evacuating a town over from us and, you know, stay tuned for updates. And then it was around probably seven o'clock, maybe six even, where the alert came for us that we were going to be evacuated. And so my mom lives about two miles from me, closer to the town that was experiencing the dam break. And so just to back up a little bit further was there is two lakes that run into uh, a river um, near near our house. And so the first dam broke um, from the farther out city and, of course, that comes downhill, right, to the next city, which because there's so much water coming that it broke that dam and thus transpired into the river. So a little bit of context there, but implications of what was going to transpire, but we just needed to know that there was an emergency situation to get out. So we gathered what we could, packed our bag, you know, we thought we were just going to be gone for a few a few hours days we weren't really sure to be honest and all of a sudden here comes the water and it was filling up just as fast as we were getting out i kind of tear up thinking about it because it was just like everybody was in action working together getting us out of our house um you know trying to make sure that the we have everything for the dogs and I'm calling my employer because I'm still right working for corporate. And so I'm calling them, letting them know what is happening. Um, obviously letting them know that number one, because I'm working from home, like I'm not going to be able to pack up the computer that they sent me. So we get out. Uh, thankfully my husband's Um, mom and dad live within the same town, but you know, they weren't really affected by it because they live on a hill. And so we ended up staying in their camper and my mom went to my grandma's house, what we were working with. And, uh, We had water up to about four inches from our floor joists. Um, Of course, everything in the basement is like floating. (laughs) And uh, I I wish I could show you a picture of of what it looked like, but um, just know that it was mortifying to see. It was probably the most traumatic experience that I've ever had in my life. And, you know, I can deal with, 
with death and death is very sad. Uh, but you know, there's also this sort of situation that happens where you consciously know that that person is better off not, not being in this world. Right. Um, but this, I, I just instantly was triggered and, um, it just kind of sent me into a spiral. And so when we were finally able to come back to the house, thankfully, we had a wonderful remediation company come in. Uh, They emptied out the basement, you know, and so here we are sorting through our belongings, trying to salvage anything that we possibly could. And ultimately, you know, towards the end of it, I was so mentally whipped that I just sent everything to the road because it's just stuff, right? It is just stuff and things. And so with that came a lot of symptoms of grief. Um, you know, sad for the things that I had built kind of my whole life to move from place to place to place. And, you know, Christmas is a very big part of my life and I love it dearly. And, you know, mourning those things that I had lost was just taxing on top of, right? No guarantee that anything is going to get restored. No guarantee that anything is going to get repaired and trying to navigate and figure out this unknown situation on top of COVID still being very active and very present because COVID was quote unquote brand new. Um, It was a lot and it was something that I would not wish on my worst enemy to go through. Thankfully, the company that I worked for rallied. Me and another uh, uh, colleague were affected. So they rallied together and got donations together so that we were able to repurchase things uh, so that you know, our basement could function the way that we had utilized it before. And it was just an all encompassing situation that left me feeling very ragged. And so that's a little bit of of context. Uh, There was a ton of grieving that was happening with me personally. I found myself in a really depressive state, having to deal with the upheaval of putting our basement back together and wrestle with the end of the school year that was happening. It was just a lot. I remember one day in particular, I had the worst anxiety attack in my life on the way to work when I was going back. And I just kept thinking, I cannot continue to show up with a smile on my face. This is not a good long-term solution for me. Fighting through the unknowns of being deemed quote-unquote essential, worrying about Chris, you know, and if he's staying safe because he continued to work through this whole thing and really just the sanity of our children through all of this, it was all just too much. But I had to keep showing up for everybody because oftentimes I am the one who is looked to for answers. I am the one who, you know, oftentimes as a mom, that's that's who you are. That's the pillar of strength that you carry in your family is being that person who the kids come to for answers. You know, we joke around on social media about, you know, going to the bathroom and the kid having their fingers underneath the door, right? But in reality, like, that's a role that we sort of take on 
in our family as this pillar of strength that the kids are are looking to the mom to console them, to have the answers, to be available to carry their mindset. Only I, I didn't, I I don't think I I had any answers available. And and to be honest, I, I still don't have those answers. And if someone who really knows me, they will agree that I like to have the answers and I like to have a plan for everything. You know, I remember when Chris and I were flying back and forth to see each other and we were kind of talking about our future. And I remember being in the car on the way to the airport and I had... I giggle about it now, but it's so funny. I had in the back of my notebook, like, questions. How are we going to manage our children? Where will we live? Like, what is our timeline? All of these things. And so that is just generally how my brain works. And so you could say (laughs) through this whole process, sort of internally, I was losing my flipping mind. I really was. And then to shift to the summer where there was a little bit of normalcy, not much, but like enough to make the most of it. And the calendar showing that the kids were going back to school. So then it's just like the roller coaster of managing that and me just praying that this would all just disappear, which how silly of me that I I did that that. But, um, you know, now the brain sort of transitions to providing me strength to get through this. But anyhow, um, but the grieving process through the roller coasters of emotions, and essentially, during certain parts of the year, having to start the grieving process over multiple times, really just laid me out. And maybe you're feeling that way too, right? Because we all have situations and family things too, that it's just this constant roller coaster of grief that seems to happen. And so this constant fear left me hanging on with a thread. But I also felt like nobody was talking about the grief that comes with this type of situation. Everyone I saw on social media was just worried about like the kids getting an education and what will we do? And still, I I sort of see it all the time with the kids getting back into sports and pushing them to have this quote unquote normalcy. But I really think that there was sort of a boat that was being missed on sort of normalizing the grieving process that tends to happen through these things. And so on normalizing that it's okay for our kids to take these mental health days and to have that conversation of how they are feeling through this without the stress of getting back to it and trying to be this excellent student when they have no history of of doing this online. And it's easy for me to say, oh, yeah, go ahead and do this online thing because 90% of my college education was completed online. And while I had the best experience, I'm also a very self-driven person and I'm able to wrap my head around the process much better than some. And also when it comes to our kids, like I have my daughter who is very much like the hand raiser, needs the attention of a teacher well you know, the other is perfectly fine handling the online situation. But I do think there was moments where stepping back and allowing the grieving process to take place was definitely missed. Uh, Ultimately, I think that there are a ton of different approaches to this and we all have different opinions. So I think like the main focus needs to be 
addressed that if you hear or see someone who is doing what they think is best, the only reaction from me or you should be to really empathize and understand where they're coming from. It isn't really our job to project our thoughts and opinions on what we think is right, because frankly, everyone grieves differently, even in our friend groups. And so grief in any situation comes in waves. And so it can easily get missed and adopt this false sense of how everyone is feeling when we find ourselves in low times, not wanting to be interactive on social media, not vocalizing the tough times that it it makes where we are only posting when we are on the high of the wave and we are only sharing the highlight reel to impress on people that everything's okay. When we all know it's not. And in my opinion, it also tricks our minds to think that we are always needing to be on the high wave. We have to show up positive and continue to figure things out so that we can keep moving forward. And while I I agree with that to a certain extent, we also have to be mindful to be able to hold the space for us and the people around us in the low times. I'm not saying that we need to like show up on social media if it's unhealthy by any means. No, Uh, you know, and if it's not serving us, but just know that someone else's highlight reel and having real life happen in the background, that if you see someone who you're close to um, in the moment of, of this low space to reach out and let them know that you're thinking of them. And, you know, I hope that someone does that for you and checks in on you when you're at the low end of the wave. I really think that, you know, the normalcy needs to be built around that some people need space opened up to communicate their grief and what it looks like for them. And we need to be an advocate that while we may not agree with the choice to go back to school, work or whatever, that we can still empathize on those choices and learn on the why rather than react with our personal beliefs, right? And really, this isn't just for COVID, right? This is for anything that involves tough decisions or people who are walking through a dark time. Like we really need to focus on loving on each other through the tough times and tough decisions through grief. Grief comes at us at the most interesting times. And Uh, you know, it can show up when we are least expecting it, but being able to hold this space for people who need it and find a space where you can express your grief is really crucial. And so on this coming up anniversary of literally seeing my hometown destroyed, and yet we banded together in the most beautiful ways that only lends to the testament that Walking through grief and normalizing that this is okay really strengthens and encourages people to keep showing up, to keep communicating, and to keep pressing forward. And so if there's anything that I've learned kind of through this whole COVID situation, it, it is just that, that we're allowed to grieve through this process. We're allowed to be on this wave roller coaster of Um, just really trying to figure out what it is, but allow the grace to take over that if you don't know what is happening, or if you don't know how to fix it, to just not. Like, it's okay to hold that space that if we don't have the answers, let's not pretend to go out and find 
them or make up a false answer to pacify the time. Like it's really, truly this situation and coming up on the year of it that I've reflected to be like, is it possible to just allow myself to feel grief? Is it possible for me to kind of shut down and say to myself, when I am grieving, this is okay. Like allow those emotions to be felt, allow the waves to come and go because gosh, we are human, right? We deserve to be able to show up authentically. And if that is without the prettiest picture on Instagram, if it is showing up without our hair done or perfectly curated family time, um, that is okay. And it should be normalized that grief is sometimes a daily thing that people walk through and it is a battle. And so being able to hold the space for people who you love dearly, or even just a random stranger on the internet that, you know, if they show up in your feed one day with just something hard hitting that isn't the normal positive patty situation, to hold that space for them and say, you are allowed to be here and you are allowed to do this because you're a freaking human, man. (laughs) You know, I just, I really hope that we all understand that we don't have all the answers and grief can be this tricky thing to walk through. And so if you are struggling and you need a body um, to show up for you in that space and you need a buddy to listen, please know that, you know, my DMS are always open and I'm available to chat. And I hope that this episode provided a little bit of inspiration on how you can ask for help and hold the space for those who need it. But I also hope that this is an encouragement to you that social media is oftentimes smoke and mirrors and to take everything at what it is, which is face value. And so on this, on this year coming up, Um, you know, we've already suppressed the year mark of COVID. And so this year mark of experiencing the dam break, you know, I still suffer through some sort of anxiety. (laughs) I know that, you know, with our two lakes basically being emptied out, that, you know, the chance of my basement flooding again is highly unlikely. But it's just, it's just sitting in the background and it can be prevalent to how I show up within the world and just know that the understanding comes from if I can show up authentically myself, that this can be an encouragement to you to show up authentically too. And that means all the broken pieces, all the parts that you're trying to figure out, it's okay to show up that way. Uh, Because number one, people appreciate it way more than any curated content or, you know, pretty pictures. If you show up a mess, it's okay to be a mess, I promise. Um, So through this time, I think that it's important to remember that, you know, what I know for sure is that grief is something you don't have to walk through alone. And you owe it to yourself to allow those emotions to be felt. 
And ultimately, what I know for sure is nothing is for sure. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was an encouragement. And um, I will see you around on socials. Bye, guys.